Welcome, Aspies and ADHDers alike. Welcome to another edition of Stories. In today's episode, I'll be talking with Francesco Palladino, a husband, a father, a life coach, and a comedian. We'll get to ask him questions and find out what makes him tick. So stay tuned. See you on the other side. and welcome to another edition of Stories, a part of Inside the Asperger Studio. Today I'm joined with Francesco Palladino, a ASD life coach, a father, and a husband. Wow, welcome to I the show. <laughs> I welcome love to that the show, intro. Francesco. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. First, let's start off with some simple questions. Um, where did you grow up? I grew up in central New Jersey. Um, typically there is an argument in New Jersey as to there is no central. Everyone just kind of wants to say North and South, but I actually grew up when they actually used to call it central New Jersey. So yeah, central Jersey. What was growing up like for you? Noisy. (laughs) It was, uh, I don't know. I always think about New Jersey and I still live in New Jersey. I always think of it as being really cold when it's cold and really hot when it's hot. All right. What, um, how was your relationship with your parents? Oh, it was good as a kid. I mean, they were pretty supportive when I was a kid. Um, so it was, it was pretty good. How would you say your transition into adulthood, into adulthood? Was it smooth? Was it bumpy? Um, getting into adulthood, I think for anybody has its challenges in different areas. I think for me, I always knew what I wanted to do. I always knew what I wanted to go after. I think the frustrating thing for me was when adulthood kicked in, it was hard for me to not get the things I wanted quickly. Uh, Mm -hmm. Adulthood taught me that we have to work for the things we get. All right. Um, You were, you told me you're a comedian. What kind of transitioned you into becoming a comedian? Was it your family life? Were you the class clown in school? Did you entertain your parents? Um, Yeah, actually being a comedian, as I usually say, when I, when I speak publicly, um, it was given to me. I didn't become a comedian. It's almost like it picked me and I didn't pick it. Um, I had some growing up some tough moments some family moments that were a little challenging and everyone used to look to me to make everyone laugh and that transitioned into school and now i've noticed being older that it's actually a gift it's a gift that helps me through my everyday work with coaching so because everyone wants to laugh that's good. So that kind of transitions into a question I just had that just came to mind is, do you use your com- your comedic talents with your coaching? Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, I think there's moments that get really heavy 
in, in a session. I had one this morning um, and a client was getting, I, you know, she was clearly expressing her emotions and she was upset about something that was happening in her life. And um, I don't intend to do it sometimes, but sometimes I'll say something mm. and they will start laughing. And that's exactly what happened to her this morning. I had made a comment about myself and she started laughing and I wasn't my intention to break the feelings that she was feeling, but it works. You know, comedy is just like, it's a very natural thing. Well, like they always say, laughter is the best medicine. Absolutely. Now, um, what makes you feel inspired to be your best self? What do I feel inspired to be my best self? I mean, I think the two things that inspire me are art and food. <laughs> I mean, I, I love, I mean, and this goes back to some of my sessions with my clients. Um, I always like to talk about what they eat. I like to talk about what they cook. You know, I've asked you extensively about your bread making. Yes. And I love to talk about food. Food inspires me. I mean, I could be eating and talking about food. Like literally, that's what I like to do. I actually have three war wounds from my, uh, air fryer oh wow yeah they're good they're good to have yes they are i mean a quick little touch and you burn yourself yep absolutely um finish this sentence francesco i am at my best when i'm growing all right i'm growing when i'm growing and changing and i often say to people in our world there are people who are afraid to change and then there are people who are afraid not to change. And that's me. I'm afraid not to change. If I feel like even when I'm doing a job that I love, like I'm doing now, if I'm not growing, if I'm not feeling challenged, I start to question what I'm doing wrong because I don't like to be comfortable. Comfortable is not always happy. All right. If you can turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell him? I would tell him it's going to be okay. It's right. going to be okay. If you had a billboard with anything on it, what would it say and why? It would say, do it today. Do it today, not tomorrow. Because I'm always an advocate of do it today. As simple as you're walking up the stairs in your house and there's something that's piled up on the stairs, carry it up now. Don't walk past it. Bring it up. And lastly, what everyone's here to hear, let's hear your story of why you wanted to become an ASD coach. Well, I, um, I wanted to become a coach for quite some time. Um, it didn't start with ASD. It started with just working with neurotypicals, working with just general public, whoever wanted to work with me. That kind of came because my comedy shifted into my comedy was very observational and, and although funny and, and off the cuff, sometimes it did give people the sense of motivational speaking. So there were people who would come to see me and say, wow, your comedy is like motivational speaking. And I'd say, well, that's funny because that's something else I want to do. So mm -hmm. I got into motivational speaking, motivational speaking turned into counseling and coaching and then coaching eventually um, went into ASD coaching because I found this relationship with people um, living with ASD 
um, that was a creative thing. I felt people that with ASD were creative and interesting and forgotten. They were forgotten. I felt like people thought, oh, you're 18 now. Your autism went away. Like that was kind of how people thought, you know, we were focusing on kids constantly. And then all of a sudden they become adults and it's like, okay, what do I do? And that's where I came in with my big mouth and my humor and all that stuff. And I was like, Hey, come under my wing. I'll take care of you. And now, you know, I love it. I can't see myself doing uh, anything else besides that with that type of client base is, is my favorite. Now, what people don't realize is you are one of the coaches that works for Jacqueline Hunt. Yes. How did that kind of relationship come to be? Um, how did how did I start working with her? I guess, yes. uh, you know, Jacqueline and I met in a mutual situation through her mom. And it was something that, like I said, that was around the time in my life where I was exploring coaching and I was just kind of getting into the idea of motivational speaking. And she had presented this to me and I thought, wow, that's very, that's really interesting. And her passion is what kind of exploded right in front of my eyes. The idea that she talked about working with people living with ASD as such a a natural, normal thing. And to me, it was, it was, it wasn't as common because it was hard enough to Google it. You know, if you Google ASD coaches, I guarantee you Jacqueline Hunt comes up, you know, it's like, Mm. and, and that's, that's why we get so many of the clients we get because they have nowhere else to go. And when I met her, and I saw her passion. Um, I think she, she will remember this. I met her on a Saturday and I think I actually emailed her Monday morning. So, and that was it. We took it from there. Yeah. Now, have you had any really surprising client stories that just like blew your mind saying, wow, what a success you've had? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I think every client I've ever worked with has had a success story, whether you want to gauge it from extraordinary or even simple, you know, even when I deal with clients who their parents can't get them to take a shower and we even get past that, or they find something interesting about cleaning their room. Or they suddenly become motivated to start looking for a job because you let them know that you can do something you like. You don't have to go do a job you don't like. And suddenly the fireworks, you know, it's it's exciting. And then I also have clients who went from barely um, leaving the house to now living independently, having a full time job and being in a relationship. So, I mean, you know, you see many, many sides of it. The thing about coaching is people have to want to do it. They can't just be put up to it by their parents. I'm not, I always say to people, I'm not a landscaper, right? You hire a landscaper to just do the work for you and then they leave. That's not what coaching is. Coaching is a experience that when you're with a coach, the coach does some good work with you in that hour. But what you do when you're not with that coach is more important. You've got to do the work. 
mean, what people don't know is that Francesco is my coach. And without his support and my work, this podcast would never happen. Uh, and, and it's awesome. The work you're doing. I mean, you do so much more work than most people I know have podcasts. I mean, the consistency, the fact that you get this podcast up and also the purpose, the, the, the support that it serves for so many people um, is, is phenomenal. So you should be proud of yourself. I am. I mean, everyone I've ever interviewed always at the end of the interview always says that I'm doing a great service and I'm doing a great job. And it's just, it just, it's a feel good moment at the end of the interview. Of course. And you should be getting paid $2 million more than what you're getting paid now. I wish, I wish. Now we come to the part of the show that everyone wants to hear the questions. All right. What is your favorite word, Francesco? Pizza. What is your least favorite word? Empty. What turned you on creatively, spiritually, and emotionally? (sighs) Writing, connecting with people, and being able to be live in front of people, standing up in front of people and speaking to them and really connecting with a group. That, that really brings me uh, that joy. What turns you off? Insecurity. What is your favorite cuss word? Asshole. What noise do you love? The ocean. What noise do you hate? A garbage truck. what is your favorite color blue what is your least favorite color beige what profession other than your own would you like to attempt i have always wanted to be a rock star all right what profession would you not like to do i don't think i'd ever want to perform surgery on people If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? It's about time you got here. And lastly, when you arrive at heaven, what would you, who would you like to see and why? Um, Elvis performing live. And that's it. Thank you everyone for joining in on stories with Francesco Palladino, life coach, father, husband, and comedian. Thanks so much for being on the show, Francesco. Thank you. I had a wonderful time. It's a good day. It's a good life. But you're walking around with your head down. It's a good life. It's a good day. Get ready to go and you'll be on your way. Gotta let go. Make it a soul.
can taste and tell me what you wanna do. 